Howdy there, my fellow distanced fellas. This is Peyton Zignago here with COVID Operation to bring you your daily dose of cheer. Happy Wednesday, or Hump Day, or Geico Camel Day, or Honorary Day. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't think of anything for it to be the honorary day of, so I'm, I'm going to leave this part in just so that you know that I had a big brain fart right there, and I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> anyway, the good news is that today's recording went off without a hitch. So far, so good. Luckily, I had no issues plugging anything in, getting anything set up. I have no paper cuts on my lips again, so you know what? Here we go. This is a much better recording than the past two. I don't know why, but the past two days, if you don't know, have just been not great for me and my brain trying to get things going. I've been plugging things into the wrong holes. I couldn't find out where the USB port was on my computer, even though I've been using my computer for months, and it's just a time. (laughs) But it's all right. We're here. We're going, and things are doing much, much better. So, I think we can all take a nice deep breath and know that it's all going somewhat smoothly and and actually I will say impressively smoothly considering my track record. (laughs) Now tapioca was a little grumpy with me today though recording went off fine but I did have to kick out my co-host because she kept wanting me to play with the little crinkle ball that she has. I bought them at Target and they're actually a good substitute for tinfoil balls because those are her other favorite thing and she kept crying and saying that she wants me to throw it for her because we play fetch because my dogs won't play fetch but my cat will so I don't know figure that out (laughs) but she wants to play fetch and she's very loud when she wants something so she's screaming and crinkling her ball and I had to kick her out finally because it was making for very bad audio and as this is audio only I figured you know if this was video and audio maybe I could sacrifice audio quality because it'll be cute video footage, but eh, in this case, I should probably kick her out, which is unfortunate and means that we will not be able to get her feedback on anything today, but that's okay. Uh, She needed attention and I couldn't give it to her at the moment and I feel bad, but don't worry. After this, we're going to come, she's going to come back in we're going to hang out and I'm going to throw that tinfoil ball as much as she wants me to. So, you know, it's it's an even payment. Not to mention the past few recordings, she has actually been very adorably sleeping in my bed, but will occasionally get up to scream for attention. And although I usually love it when she screams for attention because it means that I get to cuddle her and she can't complain, but... The past few times, you know, I've been recording and I'm like, my queen, I love you, but I am talking and doing my job. But you know, it's okay. Just means that she loves me and I love her. So honestly, it's acceptable. And it's not terribly difficult to edit out cat screams. Oh, (laughs) that sounds terrible. Oh no. No, they're just her little like... (laughs) I I call it screaming because I think it's funny. Ben and she doesn't, I wouldn't, it's not meowing, because she doesn't really meow, you know? She just kind of walks, I guess? I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what her deal is or why she makes those noises as opposed to actual, like, meow, you know? Uh, bizarre. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, one of my roommates thought she was, like, growling at her at first, but no, she's not. That's just how she says hi, shouting. <laughs> I don't know. She's crazy. And although the way that she shows affection is a little whack and a little out there, she's still a good girl at heart and very sweet and just wants attention. She's my little baby girl. My little baby. My little baby. Well, today, 
as I have said yesterday. Uh, if you weren't here, I will rehash. But even if you were, I'll say it again just in case. My recording schedule has been a little messed up because of the Story Arc Festival, so apologies, but it'll just be me today in the studio. That's okay. You know, I think I have more things I can give, so it will just be me in the studio, but I think that's okay because, to be honest, I feel like at this point I could give an entire little interview about doing podcasty stuff and being a writer and, and especially doing it for college. I am, if you don't know, I am going to college to do writing specifically for radio and doing narrative podcasting stuff and some comedy stuff and mostly just storytelling. Uh, I'm dabbling in visual storytelling now, so that is very fun. But of course, that does not apply here because there is no visual except what you are presumably picturing in your mind if it's like the reading thing. You know how when you read, you see pictures? Do people do that for audio? Because I, I do that when I'm listening to audio. This is a tangent, but when I'm listening to audio like a podcast or something, I have the little pictures playing in my mind like it would be if I was reading a book. But I don't know if that's the same for everyone, if it's just me or if it's certain people. I don't know, but that's what happens for me. So anyway, whether or not you have a little picture of me talking or or you have nothing, uh, either way, it's it's audio. The visual is reliant on you, the listener, and not me, host. So I guess it can't be considered visual in that in that sense. Anywho, I was going to do a goofy little segment where I went on Zoom and interviewed myself, and then I tried it, and the audio playback was terrible. I don't know how to make it work because. Uh, it was like, I'd, I'd say one thing, and I'd ask myself the question, and then I'd be like, hmm, good question, Peyton, but it would echo, and it would, I didn't know what I was doing, and I had like three pairs of headphones on, and it was a, a bit of a disaster, and so I thought, well, maybe I'll just record myself asking myself questions, and I don't know, it didn't have the same charm as doing a, a Zoom interview, and then it didn't have any charm at all, because it was just me talking to myself, and then laughing at myself, <laughs> which I get this podcast is me talking and laughing at myself, but I don't know, it felt weird. It, it didn't work out, is what I'm saying. So, lesson learned, uh, we cannot do self-Zoom interviews, cute as that may be, didn't work out. I also had the idea to set up my computer in one room and my phone in the other and run back and forth between the two to ask myself a question and then sprint over to answer it. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, it would have been really easy to just do a self, like a Zoom call with just me in it. And never mind, you know, it didn't work. It did. <laughs> it did not work out as intended. So instead, here I am talking to you without the use of a fake Zoom interview pretense, which... Whew, that was a long-winded way of saying I wanted to interview myself and it did not work out well, so here I am instead doing it the regular way. So, I suppose I'll just talk about the things I was questioning myself about instead and we'll just uh, we'll just go from there. So, I I thought I wanted to talk about, you know, figuring out what what you want to do in life because I think it's a difficult question that a lot of people struggle with. I myself am included in that in the sense that it's very difficult to know what you want to do and to, and to settle upon it and it is hard. The question to ask ourselves what we want to do as a career for the rest of our lives is very putting ourselves into a box and I'm not about that, you know, for the most part. I, I think that it's very limiting and I think that it hinders growth. But on the other hand, it's good to sort of know what you're passionate about 
but recognizing that even if you're passionate about one thing, it could turn into something else or that it could also change or your passion could be mislabeled would be the word. Uh, what I'm saying is that it's totally okay and, and natural, I think, to have your passions put somewhere and then learn that where those passions are is actually not where they should be. Uh, for example, for myself, I realized that I was very passionate about, you know, comedy writing, but that I wasn't passionate about comedy writing to the degree of being a straight-up comedy sketch writer. Like, I love comedy, and I love stand-up comedy, and it's something I'm very passionate about, but the actual career path of going into sketch comedy writing wasn't really something that suited me in the end. And so I decided to pursue doing narrative radio writing with a concentration on, you know, doing comedy stuff. So writing funny things, but not consistently, if that makes sense. Now, the world of comedy is interesting because you're expected to sort of be funny all the time and constantly throw out funny things. And it's stressful, to be honest. And there are people who can thrive in it. And I know there are people at my school who were thriving in the environment, but it wasn't the environment for me. And so I decided to instead match those passions with a another passion, which is radio writing, merge the two together and use a sort of Frankenstein thing there to pursue my passions in both areas. I bring this up because as I feel like a lot of the students that I've interacted with have been going into their last year of high school or even going into their first year of college or anywhere in between. Well, that's, there's not a lot of space in between there, but, you know, uh, around then. And it, it can feel difficult, I think, to settle yourself upon a major and then also to feel like you have to stay there once you you know, pick it. And that's not true. And I think I've said something to this effect before, but I really want to make it known that you don't have to confine yourself to what you choose your freshman year of college or your, your senior year of high school or junior year, whenever you pick that. And you are going to go through a lot of discovery in college. You're going to learn a lot about yourself and about what you like, and you're actually going to get a taste of what you are, you know, a, a bigger, deeper, deeper taste of what you are going to school for. And for me, it was an awakening in that I am not a proficient comedy sketch writer. I'm a comedy writer, but not in the areas of comedy that I would have been focusing in in the program. So instead, I decided to move over to do funny stuff, but elsewhere and not necessarily focus on it specifically just because it felt a little hindering and it felt like I wasn't being able to express my true passion for writing other things. Like I couldn't really go for a flowery sort of writing thing when I was expected to write sketch comedy. Now, I again, I say this because I want students and people to know that changing your major, changing what you want to do or what you're passionate about is totally okay and that you're allowed to grow and develop as a person throughout your career and throughout your education. Now, also, college is not the, you know, end-all be-all. If you want to go into the arts, you have to go to college. Uh, take Emma, for example, who is our lovely LA correspondent. She chose instead to go out to LA and start acting pretty much immediately. And uh, I think she's finding a lot of success in that. And she didn't need to go to college for it. I think she still takes classes and things on the side there, but she's not enrolled in a college. And so it can go very well for people either way. So of course, that's also not what I'm saying is that you have to go to college and that when you go to college, everything will be confusing and scary because that's not true. And it's actually very wonderful. And I very much enjoyed college. 
Anywho, as a few of our professionals that I've had on the show have talked about, they went to school for different things, or they or they thought they were passionate about one thing and then it changed into another thing, and all of that is totally valid. And in fact, what I personally have gone through already, and I expect to probably go through it again at some point in my college career, hopefully not soon, because I've already changed what programs and classes I'm in several times, and I feel like my counselor is sick of me coming in there and going, actually, I don't want to take this class. I'd like to take this one instead. Thank you. And, uh, you know, but I'll do it again. And uh, she'll see me again and she'll sigh and go, okay, Peyton, what's it this time? That's what she's there for, right? You know, and and also I think it can be difficult to figure out, you know, where your passions lie, perhaps, or at the very least, it can be scary to realize that what you like isn't actually, quote unquote, what you like, and that it's actually something else or something greater or something different, and maybe you're scared to go ahead and just grab it. But I would like to offer to you that you know, you you should pursue what you love, even if you figure out that what you love is something different than what you thought you loved. Uh, Take me, for example. Worrying that you've spent all this time putting effort into learning sketch comedy when really you just want to do, like, comedy radio plays is stressful and it's scary. But the more time I spent focusing on sketch comedy, the less time I had with what I actually wanted to pursue and be passionate about. And when I switched over, it was a great relief to me. And not only that, but it wasn't a waste of time, quote unquote, that I was spending learning sketch comedy and whatnot, because I still have all those skills and stuff that I can apply to things that I'm doing now. And so I suppose, well, then it even if you are worried about changing things or worried about pursuing a different passion, you're still learning useful things that you can use then later down the lines. So you shouldn't also be worried about immediately switching over because you're, you know, worried about whatever and and finding a good time for you to pursue your passions wherever they may be. It was it was sort of the same thing when I realized that I didn't want to be in STEM anymore, uh, when I realized I would much rather do performing arts theater stuff. And it took me a while to sort of reconcile with that because I was like, well, all my friends do STEM stuff. I've always done STEM stuff and I've done like theater on the side, but it's never been like my main gig. And I was sort of scared to admit to myself that I wanted to do theater instead of, you know, sciencey stuff. But once I did, I felt a lot better about myself and it felt like a weight had been lifted off of my chest and it was freeing in a way. And, and additionally, I still use a lot of the STEM stuff that I learned. And for example, I like to write funny bits about the science world and about the specifically the history of medicine because, oh my God, it's so funny. If you need a good laugh, go find yourself a translated version of some old like 13th century doctor's notes so funny. They didn't know what they were doing. They thought there were only four things in the human body and it's great. But that's besides the point. Point is that your passions will change with you and that's totally a-okay. And you gotta, you gotta let yourself roll with the punches, you know. I was doing, you know, fake little boxing moves there, but you couldn't see it. Yeah. (laughs) That was a dumb bit. And and additionally, look to the professionals around you because they all have experiences that could be very similar to you. And I actually felt a lot of connections to the professionals I was talking about and interviewing and how they pursued different passions than they thought they were going to do as a career and how everything sort of comes together when they realize what they actually want to do and they find success and happiness with it. And I want to tell you to do the same thing as I try to do the same thing in my own life. Both of us should work towards finding what makes us happy and then doing it and do it unapologetically. That's what a lot of the professionals have told us. And that's what I'm telling you. And I'm nowhere near a professional. I'm a (laughs) pre-professional. But, you know, we're we're doing this together. We're in it together. We're all in this together. Do, 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 do. (laughs) Okay, okay. I'll stop now. I'll stop. 
But that is all that I wanted to say. And yes, I just hope that you and I both find success in our future passions. So thank you to the professionals who have come on and helped me realize that and all the people who have helped me along the way and sighed as I geet around trying to actually do what I want to do. And, you know, it's been a journey. But with that, I suppose I can be done. But however, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, and you would like them to be addressed on Friday, you can email them to Peyton, P-E-Y-T-O-N at storyarcark.org, where I will happily answer them on Friday. Other than that, I will see you tomorrow. This has been COVID Operation. I've been Peyton Zignego. I'll see you tomorrow. Stay safe out there. Thank you very much for listening. Peyton and, well, I guess Tapioca too, even though she's not in the room currently. Over and out. <laughs>